and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. For those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Sup Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happened in the news, explained by your two funniest friends, which is us. Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And we're reading the news so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's all I did today. <laughs> um, oh. So, Brian, what's been getting you through this week? In Trump's America. Uh, well, I mean, like all of you, I mean, those of you who are employed and listening or had a job, like I'm sure some people have to work on Memorial Day. Yeah. But Memorial Day is what is getting me through this week. You know, like I just really needed that break. I know. <laughs> I'm definitely still coasting on the three day weekend energy. I'm just like trying to like stay mellow for as long as possible. And it's very testing. It's a bit hard. Sometimes like when I have like such a good three day weekend, which I did yeah. this week, I will get pissed off at like 1900s progressives for pushing for a five day work week instead of a four. I'm like, you guys, you, you guys don't even, I know that you guys had zero days off, but like imagine three. I know. <laughs> Push oh, that yourselves would be so, to imagine so, three. So nice. Yeah. I mean, I was at a beach house. I was in Fire Island all weekend. Uh, beautiful. Uh, at the Pines, which is the gay part. Beautiful. The thing about the Pines, though, that I I, I, I find problematic is that these most the majority of these houses are... I don't want to loop everyone into one thing. The majority of these houses are owned by these, like, rich men who mm -hmm. tend to be rich white men. Yeah. They're these, like, big houses who, like, rent, like, very high prices to young people who don't have enough money or they like bring along these young gays and i feel like they're kind of i don't want to say like prey preyed upon but there's like a sleazy there's element like a, there's it. a little bit of a sleazy element like i i did not have that experience at all obviously mm -hmm. like I, I but i mean maybe 22 year old brian did <laughs> <laughs> and so sometimes i like go to these like i go to this these like pines parties and i look around and i'm just like Ugh. yeah like these like rich men these rich old men like kind of gross throwing these huge parties and it tends to be filled with like wasted young gay dudes hmm. and just like hmm. who, who's the drunk one that i can get into the sack yeah other than that it is a great safe place <laughs> <laughs> with one caveat it's lovely it's lovely <laughs> I went to a wedding this weekend, which was great. I was also on an island, the Long Island. Oh, well, um, technically Fire Island is on Long Island. Oh, well. really? Yeah. See, I'm actually, I'm actually confused. Like Fire Island sort of exists to me as like a platform nine and three quarters <laughs> type situation. Like I'm not sure where it yeah. is or how you get to it. Yeah, there's no Maybe cars. you have to know where it is in order to get there. Like. Uh, what was that thing in Pirates of the Caribbean, the Isla Tortuga? Like, you have uh, to know where it is to find yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's how Fire Island has always existed to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went to a wedding. It was great. I wore a jumpsuit, mm -hmm. and it got a I lot saw, of praise yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, I saw a lot of pictures. It which was beautiful, is, which is the most important. That's what. That's like, I don't even thing. care about who got married. I'm not even going to ask you. I literally only posted pictures of my jumpsuit. I did not post a picture of the couple. <laughs> Do you even know who got, <laughs> whose wedding you were at? Um... <laughs> Max, <laughs> I think I'm Max. Max. I want to say Max. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Elise, what is you getting you? What is blah, 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 blah. what is getting you through this week? Um, so this is actually a little bit of breaking news for when we're recording, and yeah. we'll be semi breaking news for those of you who listen to the podcast later today. Uh, the ABC reboot of Roseanne is canceled. 
Wow, after President Trump tweeted congrats at her and everyone was like, do these ratings mean that conservatives are back on top in television? It turns out that she's too racist to be on TV. I mean, so what was the tweet that that was the final straw? So basically Roseanne tweeted in response, I think, to either a comment or a photo or an article about Valerie Jarrett. Valerie Jarrett is a senior advisor to, was a senior advisor to Barack Obama. And Valerie Jarrett is a black woman. So Roseanne responded to this picture of Jarrett. And she said, Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby equals VJ. Oh my God. Which is racist. Which planet does that okay on? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, who, okay, I, my question is, is who is Roseanne, Roseanne's handlers? I, I don't. Why I, have they not taken, why did they not take her phone away? I feel like Roseanne famously does not have handlers, which yeah. used to be her cute little quirk in the 90s, and then she went well, racist. Also, like, it's not like she was saying not racist things <laughs> no, before exactly. this, which That's, is also kind of just like a cop-out on ABC and Disney's part for me. Exactly. It's like they... They knew what they were getting into when they greenlit this show in the first place, yeah. but they wanted literally just that one first episode of huge ratings. Because, like, just to remind you guys, Roseanne has taken pictures of herself dressed as a Nazi, putting like human-shaped cookies into, into an, an oven. oven. Um, she like tweets out conspiracy theories about yeah. the Parkland kids. Yeah, she tweets like, racist stuff, homophobic stuff. She still all thinks the time. she still thinks Pizzagate is a thing. Yeah, she thinks that Pizzagate was real. She's tweeted all of this stuff. But so my thing is, I think that ABC realized that what they were what they gained by doing this greenlit Trumpy version of Roseanne yeah. was gained only in that first week yeah. of publicity. I mean, Disney, you have you have Marvel, you have Star Wars. You're making so You're much making money. You're making so much money. You don't need Roseanne. No. You don't, especially not like racist and Roseanne. I know and people are like kudos, like they're they're getting rid of their biggest um ratings thing like it's a B it's Disney girl. Yeah. It's like, first of all, it's not second of all, the bachelorette is on. So they're yeah. doing fine. Yeah, they, <laughs> like, they do not need Roseanne. No, maybe in that little slump between bachelors, they needed a oh, little, maybe Roseanne. that was the whole that thing. Was the whole <laughs> that was the whole plan. The whole plan. I all don't along. fact, don't, don't fact check me on it, but that's why they, that's why they greenlit Roseanne. Cause yeah. they're like, we need to fill this space Literally, between two bachelors. Also like two episodes ago on the show, apparently the whole episode was about how she, had new Muslim neighbors and she was like basically worried that they were in ISIS but then at the end she learns that they're she comes to learn that like not all Muslim people are in ISIS which is like okay I'm so excited to see that journey played yeah. out I've never seen my one uncle's journey played out so incredibly on television like <laughs> it's just Ugh. like and it's such a shame because I loved Roseanne. I know. It was so good. I was like such a big fan and I would watch it all the time. And like anytime. So funny. She was on like Mark Marin, and I thought it was, it was like the coolest interview. Her life story is like crazy. But now she's just like a crazy old white broad. Also like I love John Goodman. I love Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. They all, I love the one who plays Darlene. I forget her name. Yeah. Everybody came back. It was like I kind of reserved a little bit 
of hope, even though I had seen how horrible she was. Yeah. I kind of reserved a little bit of hope that like, you know what? Maybe we should give this a chance. Maybe we should see like this kind of real American family portrayed, but that's not really what it was. It was just like her excusing her shitty beliefs by being like both sides. Yeah. And now I, I just do think it's funny that this tweet, which was racist and horrible, like was the final straw. Like I think ABC was just like looking to do it. It was inevitable. I guess they thought like it it was getting more backlash than anything. And I'm sure, I don't know. I I don't know what the, like the ratings are now versus the beginning, but I know that like I stopped watching it after like the first episode because she said, she said some fucked up thing that I can't even remember because she said so much shit. Yeah. And I do think that a lot of people watched, tuned into that first episode just to like see what it was without yeah. ever really intending to like be regular watchers. So realistically, ABC got everything it needed. And again, Becca's Bachelorette premiered last night. <sighs> now there's like a controversy. Actually, this is like a, a sub controversy that uh, this is going to be a Bachelor spoiler for last night's premiere. So if you don't want to hear that, just like skip forward like two times. <sighs> Uh, like 30 seconds 30 seconds uh so garrett the guy who won her first impression rose last night it came out kind of a couple days ago but now it's getting more heat now that everybody like knows who he is that he liked a bunch of like transphobic and like anti-immigrant and like parkland student conspiracy theory memes Mm. on instagram via an account that he runs for a clothing company called murica clothing company murica (laughs) murica Oh my God. Yeah. It's spelled M-E-R-I-C-A. So like that's bad. Like, first of all, just Becca should be given that information alone yeah. and it would disqualify him from being her We husband. We have like, I feel like we've had the internet for long enough and social media for long enough that people should know not to do stupid things like that. And since like literally last Bachelorette, Lee got dragged for having racist tweets. Like racist tweets came up yeah. from him. So the fact that they wouldn't be up on this. My guess would be that they do know that he did these things. Yeah. But also this does require a little bit more digging than Lee's racist tweets because you have to like go see what he's been you, liking. You know, I mean, and also The Bachelor or this is The Bachelorette. Yeah. The Bachelorette is so popular like nationwide that they probably don't really like there's probably there's probably like half the viewers that don't even care yeah. that they've done that. Yeah. I like I mean, obviously, like people who are conservative and liberal can like be married Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton seem to be doing fine but like or they're not married but like they're together whatever yeah but these memes were like I think a little bit beyond the pale like they were like it was a lot of transphobic stuff he seems he's very very upset about trans people is what I would say about Garrett which means he probably likes trans people (laughs) like like he's obsessed with yeah Um, and then one of them is like a picture of some of a soldier like swinging a child around and it's like when a kid gets over the border and you have to throw him back or something and it's like oh god like bad stuff and what's also interesting is that Becca is an avowed Hillary Clinton fan who went to the women's march and she's publicly posted a bunch of liberal stuff and one of the memes that he liked was a picture of Tommy Lauren dressed as that sort of like horrific flag witch that she was yeah So respectful to the flag. And then a picture of like an overweight woman wearing a shirt. This is like, I'm a fucking feminist. And it said like conservative women versus liberal women. So it's like, is this what you think of Becca? Because Becca was there, voted for Hillary and went to the women's march and is an avowed feminist. So it's just like, 
is this what you think of Becca? And does Becca know that she thinks these things? Because like, does it even come up in The Bachelor? Well, she must not know because they, they like don't have phones and stuff. No, she definitely. And also it is something that you would have to do a little bit of digging. Like it basically came out because like this random anonymous Instagram account came out with like all the stuff screenshotted. And like now that account is deleted, but like the screenshots still exist. Ooh, so it's juicy. very interesting. But Becca wouldn't have had access to that information. She, she doesn't have a phone. She can't look at that stuff. I don't know if she's asking them where. I mean, if I was the bachelorette, first question, as soon as they come out of the limos, yeah. I'm like, who did you vote for? Yeah. But that is also why I'm not being asked to be the bachelorette. Because yeah. <laughs> like, there's like no, there's, there's only one right answer. Because I'd be like, oh, I didn't vote. I'd be like, mm, nope, no, you got to go. You got to go. You got to like, go. Even if you said Jill Stein, I'd be like, nope. Nope, you got to go. <laughs> I wrote in Harambe. Nope, no, you got to go. You got to go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway. That's yeah. interesting. TV controversies are what's getting me through this week. Okay, good. Should good, we good. segment into the really insanely sad thing that we're going to talk about? Yeah. So I'm sure you all saw over the weekend, there was the trending hashtag, where are the children? Mm-hmm. We also covered this story in the SUP. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who subscribe to the SUP newsletter, you may have caught wind of it as well. So, I mean, uh, base, this is basic. This basically uh, picked up steam over the weekend. Um, Stephen Wagner, an official, an official with the Department of Health and Human Services, testified that the federal agency had lost track of 1,475 children who had crossed the U.S.-Mexico border on their own. This is concerning. And this to is concerning. People. Yeah. When people say "missing child," I perk up. I yeah. I check that Amber Alert. Yeah, I try I to do. do what I can. I usually get annoyed when my phone goes off with those like emergency alerts, and then I see it's an Amber Alert. I'm like, oh, it's a child. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. It's Great. like flash flooding. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, flash flood. I don't care. <laughs> no. Missing child. I'm like, okay, I will accept this alert. Yeah. I won't um, get. I won't get angry. <laughs> which is interesting because if you think about like an Amber Alert for 1,475 photos, you would think it would be like. Like your phone just like explodes, yeah. and you're like, "Oh my god, yeah. holy shit!" And so this was like very trending, and people were tweeting, and I tweeted it. Uh, yeah, we tweeted about it. But th- so, you know, there's basically two things going on. This is a separate thing. So these children who came over are unaccompanied minors, mm-hmm. and they're they're not to be confused with the people that come over with the, a parent or a mother who are separated yeah. at the border. So a lot of people online were kind of conflating two things where, you know, the Trump administration has put in a new policy where they are separating families at the border. And we'll get into what that looks like a little bit later in the pod, but this issue is actually separate. These are children who arrived uh, they're called UACs uh, mm-hmm. by the government because they don't want to say aliens, little children. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they they come to the country and are usually unaccompanied. Interesting fact about me is my dad was an unaccompanied minor. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. He came from Cuba right after the revolution with his brother and they came without my grandparents. How old were they? Uh, five and nine. Oh my God. Yeah. And they were placed with family friends that we had. There was actually a okay. program going on at that time called the Peter Pan program. Yeah. Uh, Pedro Pan. If uh, <laughs> you are like, literally they do call it Pedro Pan. Uh, and that helped to like place children uh, in safe homes. Yeah. We don't necessarily have 
a similar program no. running now. So basically, basically what we wanted to address was, is this story of uh, 1,475 missing children, is that true? The answer is like, not really. It's like sort of true. It's like, so these people, so they've been re- like the, um, the HHS people have been like trying to reach out and find where these kids are. And they, these are the people who haven't responded, but yeah. they're not doing any follow-ups. And there's basically saying, we're like, we're not legally o- uh, obligated to follow up and find these children. And it's like, but are you morally obligated? Exactly. Like, so like the thing is, these 1,475 children are kids who were placed in a home and whoever their guardians are at this point are not responding to attempts to contact them mm-hmm. by the HHS. So it's like potential, like like one person I saw online equating it to like, if Sally Mae calls you about your loan and you don't answer, are you missing? Like some yeah. of them might just be living in happy families and their person, their guardian is not answering. But the thing is, we don't know. And honestly, the, and the likelihood of that being the case is not super high. Yeah. Because, you know, these, these children come here for a better life and mm-hmm. Uh, we should be helping people because I know we all we've all learned yeah. this. Like anyone who went to school, especially like like elementary school, and we learned that America is a melting pot. Yeah, where we are supposed to accept. Give me your poor, your suffer, like whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever the poem whatever. is. <laughs> whatever I don't know the, the one is. that Stephen Miller was like. It was added later. Yeah. Pay no attention to the poem. <laughs> um, it's just sad. Your like, huddled masses your huddled yearning masses to be free. Yearning to be free. These are the these are the huddled masses, but the, like the little huddled masses. The little like, huddled masses. <laughs> the little huddled masses. And, I mean, the amount of money we spend on, I don't know, this border wall, for yeah. example. Maybe that could be used to be redirected to help some of these children who are escaping poverty, crime, violence. Yeah. In my dad's case, it was a revolution that uh, that was violent and that did, you know, take a lot from my family at the time. We can, at another time, we can talk about the pros and cons of the Cuban revolution, but for my family, it didn't work out great, so they left. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, and for, like, gay people and stuff, it yeah. didn't work out great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, basically, another thing is, like, some of the people that these kids are placed with are illegal aliens themselves, so, like, maybe they're not answering phone calls from federal authorities. Yeah. But we also don't know because... There are have been instances where children under the care of the Department of Health and Human Services were placed in the in the care of human traffickers. This was a story I read in January. It was January 2016 in the New York Times. Um, And I'm just going to read straight from my quotes. Uh, The Department of Health and Human Services placed more than a dozen children in the custody of human traffickers after it failed to conduct background checks of the caregivers, according to a Senate report. At least six children were lured to the United States from Guatemala with a promise of a better life. Then they were made to work on an egg farm. Uh, And the children as young as 14, so it was like preteen kids, uh, had been in federal custody before being entrusted to the traffickers. Uh, And this all goes back to 
basically in the fall of 2013, we really saw a ramp up of these unaccompanied mi- uh, minors, children showing up at the border. Mm-hmm. And we did not have like good policies in place, resources, et cetera, to deal with them. So we were just releasing them to people who were like, I'm their guardian. Yeah. And then it turns out they're a fucking human trafficker. Yeah. Uh, and this kind of goes to another piece of like semi fake false news that was being reported, which was you guys might have seen this picture going around of migrant children who were sleeping under cages. And a lot of people, um, John Favreau from Crooked Media tweeted it out. Linda Sarsour tweeted it out. A bunch of people were like, this is happening today. Like yeah. this is these conditions <clears throat> that these I, and people were tying it to these 14,000 or yet 1400 missing kids. That's not the case. The photos from 2014. So it was actually taken under Obama. Yeah. And it had to do sort of with this influx of unaccompanied minors that came in. Um, And I mean, it's obviously still horrible. Yeah. It just shows that all sides are susceptible to fake news. And that this, yeah. Like, first of all, is that we also need to be really careful about the news that we're sharing. I mean, I put it in the sup being like, 1,475 kids are missing, which is true, yeah. but it's not It's not the true in the way that obviously it was being presented. And, and then this photo, you know, people who I like really respect, John Favreau yep. did retract it and tweet a lot more information. There is a thing about John Favreau's Twitter presence mm-hmm. that kind of bothers me. He yeah. like addresses trolls way too often and I gets know. in these arguments with people. I'm like, why are you even why are you why would you address the why trolls? Why are you addressing these people? You're giving them a platform and they're they're talking back to you and they're getting they're getting more and more followers to uh, after this dies down your feud with this random person. They're going to ha- have a platform after you talk to them. I know. You can't respond to every stupid thing people say to he you. He seems to do that. And, and and the fact that he tweeted this, like, it just seems like really um, uh, irresponsible yeah. for someone like him to do that. He, th- he needs to, like, I think take a step back. I will say that he did delete the tweet and has, and like, clarified what it was and kind of posted a long thread today that's like, listen, yeah, the picture was taken in 2014. You guys are right. Like it wasn't the way I said, but also like this just goes to show back how like deep rooted this problem is, which yeah. is true. Mm-hmm. Like, like Trump didn't invent deporting people. Trump didn't no. invent these like horrible conditions that were keeping a lot of these migrants in. Like they that, call, they call they call an ice box, and they know that they're going to be put in an ice box. Like they, they because they get put into these big rooms that are so cold once they cross. And they all they have are those like uh, metallic like blankets and yeah. it's just like concrete. Yeah, it's really really sad, and we're just placing them in these detention centers like they're yeah. you know forever for, and they can't they these people they'll try and like be like I have family I am escape escaping violence and they can't talk to anyone for weeks and then they like finally get to explain their side of the story. And then they have to wait. Yeah, exactly. Because some of these people, you know, because we talk about it. Oh, like these people are crossing the border illegally. But some of them are also asylum seekers, Mm -hmm. which is a legal strategy for getting citizenship in the country. Like we do have laws that allow people to claim asylum. And some of these people that we're doing this to, we're separating families, et cetera. These are asylum seekers too. So it's not really right to just say, oh, they all are illegal aliens who are crossing the border illegally. Some of them are actually using legal channels 
to seek asylum in the U.S. and are being treated this way. So Trump jumped on this photo thing yeah and he tweeted out democrats mistakenly tweet 2014 picture from obama's term showing children from border in steel cages they thought it was recent pictures in order to make us look bad but backfires dem must agree to wall and new border protection for good of country bipartisan bill so it just goes to show i mean literally the number one purveyors of like fake news and conspiracies if we Mm -hmm. even tread into that like area at all if we as liberals spread anything that is we don't have our eyes dotted and our C's checked, they're going to use this yeah. to attack us. Um, Speaking of Donald Trump tweets, did you see how he um, addressed Memorial Day? His Memorial no. Day tweet? Okay, it's pretty ridiculous. It, he made it about himself. Shocking. Uh. He says, Happy Memorial Day. Those who died for every country would be very happy and proud at well, how well our country is doing today. Best economy in decades. Lowest unemployment numbers for blacks and Hispanics ever, in parentheses, and women in 18 years. Rebuilding our military and so much more. Nice. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that all the fallen soldiers who were thinking of, at least this is happening. And the fact that he ends it with nice Nice. is like, you think this is nice? You think the people who are mourning... Their, their dead relatives who fought yeah. in this war are also, nice. Also coming from a guy who like deferred going to Vietnam like five times for yeah. bone spurs. Yeah. Like very cute. And just like, um, and people like it, people get Memorial Day confused with Veterans Day. Memorial Day is like, not that you need a day to celebrate our troops. Like, yes, we should thank them all mm-hmm. the time, obviously. Memorial Day is for people who have died in battle. Yeah. And Veterans Day is for all, all veterans. veterans. But Memorial Day is, like, specifically like people a re- who It's like have a remembrance fallen. of the dead. And yes. interesting contrast, Donald um, Barack Obama tweeted, we can never truly repay the debt we owe our fallen heroes, but we can remember them, honor their sacrifice, and affirm in our own lives those enduring ideals of justice, equality, and opportunity for which generations of Americans have given the last full measure of devotion. Beautiful tweet. Also, imagine if at the end he had said, nice. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I just would never, now whenever uh, Trump does the nice, I'm just going to like read it in a bore out of voice. Yeah, nice. Nice. They're nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to the children. Uh, back to the children, indeed. Uh, so, yes. But, so the question is, people were tweeting about these 14,000, uh, 1,475 children saying they were getting ripped from parents' hands. <clears throat> and so people, children are actually getting separated from their mothers or caregivers. Yes, and it's it's a separate issue. And all this stuff is really confusing, mm-hmm. obviously, because I feel like all of them kind of sprung up in the news at the same time and you want to conflate them, but they are different. So these children who are missing were unaccompanied minors who we do not know we just haven't heard from their caregiver. that, So we don't know necessarily if they're still with the person they replaced with or whatever. Children being separated at the border are a separate issue. Yes. So on May 7th, Jeff Sessions announced that the Justice Department would begin prosecuting every person who crossed the border illegally and or at least to attempt to present like all of them or prosecute all of them. Even if some of them could or should be treated as asylum seekers. And so there's a quote from um, Jeff Sessions here. If you are smuggling a child, then we will prosecute you. And that child may be separated from you as required by law. 
If you don't want your child to be separated, then don't bring them across the border illegally. I do not recall what happened to these children. And so, um, Elise does a great job. (laughs) And also, this kind of goes back to John Kelly. Like a couple weeks ago, they were asked about the policy of separating kids at the border. And when they asked what happened to them, he goes, oh, they'll be put in foster care or whatever. Yeah. Or which, whatever. Which is like how I talk about like what I'm going to do for lunch later. Yeah. And like I'll go to Dos Toros or whatever. Like, yeah. It's like. And so when, when John Kelly actually, when he was um, Department of Homeland Security or Secretary of the uh, Department of Homeland Security. Hold up. I need to slow down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John F. Kelly was the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. And he said he was considering it as a deterrent to stop illegal immigration, which is just so fucked up. That's, I mean, it's disgusting, especially when we're talking about how some of these people are asylum seekers. Yes. Uh, this is a story that Brian sent to me. Yeah. Um, about In the Washington Post about a woman named Silvana Bermudez who uh, was fleeing from El Salvador. She was coming here to seek asylum yeah. specifically. Basically, a gang got, her husband got on the wrong side of a gang and then they threatened yeah. to kill her teenage so, son. Yeah, so the father was a taxi driver. Mm-hmm. And MS-13 was trying to escape some sort of scene and they tried to get into his taxi drive, taxi cab and he said no. They later found him, beat him, and said they were going to find him again and kill him. And so he fled first mm-hmm. to the United States and uh, sought asylum. Um, and then his 16-year-old son was going to some store and saw it get, shoot up, get shot up. And then a gang member turned around and pointed a gun at him and, pressed, and tried to shoot him and his gun jammed. And he was like, okay, well, we'll get you later. The 16-year-old son went to his mom, who who then reported to the police. And then the gang showed up at her house and said, we're going to kill you guys. So she was like, I'm leaving. And she also (laughs) has an 11-year-old daughter and a 3-year-old son. Yes. So um, they show up at the border. They make it to the United States. It's a harrowing journey there. And at the border, she is separated from her three-year-old, her 11-year-old, and her 16-year-old, basically because the Border Patrol agents, I I guess she had tried to come into the U.S. previously. Yeah. So the border agents were like, you're being charged with illegal reentry, even Mm. though she's an asylum seeker. Uh, And... This is basically how the separation happens is basically they're like, we're charging you with a crime, whether it be illegal reentry or illegally entering the country in the first place. And then they're like, your kids can't go to adult jail with you. Yeah. So that's where they separate them. So that's like kind of the way that the policy works. Yeah. Is that now that they're basically saying we're going to try to prosecute every single person that we find that means that they're like anyone who comes with a minor is being charged with a crime. Therefore they're going to this adult jail. Therefore they're taking the children to uh, a child's detention facility. And you know, these people who are separating these mothers from their children have no experience in this. And if you're a young kid, this is really traumatizing. It's horrifying. And you, you have no idea what's going on. Even if someone's trying to explain to you, actually, there's a really interesting part during um, the United States Secretary of Homeland Security, uh, Kirsten Nielsen's uh, confirmation hearing when Senator Kamala Harris is like pressing her about this. And she's like, how do these people like, do these people who are taking the children have any 
experience like do they know what they're doing when they're doing it and they're like we're treating them like the way we're supposed to treat them like criminals and she's like okay i understand that that you need to process that you want to prosecute these people what do you do if they have a four-year-old kid do the people who you're separate and then she's just like i have to get back to you on that yeah and it's like just because they're not like imagine i don't know she also is like out here pretending like she didn't know about the policy yeah. she's like oh what i had no yeah. idea we were doing that she's and like, it's like you're literally in charge yeah and it's like you like like just do your like you, you, they, obviously they're lying she it's, also spells kirsten with a j in the middle and that is offensive to me yeah why there's she a do j that? in kirsten and i don't understand it um and i'm pissed <laughs> <laughs> but yes okay so Silvana ended up being like uh, shipped around the United States. Like she was in a detention center, uh, center in Arizona, mm-hmm. and then she was flown to Buffalo. Yes. Meanwhile, her children um, are in their own place facility. And what's crazy is that she had given them their stepfather Julio's phone number. Yeah. And he's there. He's in the United States. He is living here. Yeah. And she had given them their information so that they could get in touch with him, so that they could go to him. But the the her oldest son, the 16-year-old, um had lost the scrap of paper, and then he asked if he could access Facebook because they have no internet, he was like, please let me get on Facebook so I can contact this, my stepfather. And they were, they were told that he'd have to make an official request to get on Facebook. Now I personally think it would be good in my life if I had to make an official request to get on (laughs) Facebook, but I understand why it's difficult in this situation. Yeah. (laughs) And and like, I just don't know why Like you can't, it's hard to look at a kid and not feel that way. And so the three year old and the 16 year old, um, were both boys, so they were able to be sheltered together. And then the 11 year old daughter was by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't allowed to hug her brothers. No, because they have a no touching rule. So she was not allowed to hug her older brother at midnight on New Year's Eve. Or and they spent like Christmas together there. And yeah. at one point, the ice or the border patrol uh, mm-hmm. guys, whatever, um, asked the 11 year old to watch a four year old girl together she's like can you just make sure her bottle's warm before like she's 11 she's 11 like she doesn't she's not equipped to take care of a newborn so exactly so it's like are these so we're putting our trust in these people to watch these children and then they're asking a child to kick her of like a baby exactly so after six weeks in a shelter the kids are finally told to like pack their things and i guess they got in touch with the stepfather which is like how is that not priority number one when you have these kids? The stepfather is there. They should have been yeah. shipped to him immediately. But yeah. instead, the default is to basically send them to a child prison yeah. that we're r- running. Then Silvana was... The mother. Sh- the mother was held for 12 weeks. Um, in a cell. In a cell. And then she just like abruptly, they were like, okay, you're out now. So it's also like kind of this like psychological torture that these people go through when your agency is taken away like mm-hmm. that, where it's like, yeah, you could be held indefinitely. They could let you go at and random times. Also, they're not, they're not telling any, they don't know any information about each other this no. entire time. So no. they don't know like how their mother's doing. They don't know if she's been deported. No, she doesn't know if her children have been deported. She doesn't know if they're in a facility. She doesn't know if they're with their stepfather and no. she's like requesting information and she can't get it. Yeah. And they don't, I mean, they don't, really know anything about their own case or what's going yeah. on. Like there are so many stories of people um, 
being like rounded up in these ice raids, even like DACA recipients or other people who like shouldn't actually have been rounded up and they can't get information on their case. And it goes on for so long that they literally will self deport themselves. Cause they're like, I just can't stay in these yeah. ice boxes in these horrible conditions because also these prisons that we put them in are privately run and they are literally like not even up to the standards of regular prisons, yeah. which if you guys are aware of where we're at in criminal justice reform, our regular prisons aren't great. No. And these are like literally beneath those standards. Yeah. As so, well. you know, so the New York Times uh, has reported that more than 700 children have been taken from adults claiming to be their parents since October, including more than 100 children under the age of four. So yeah. it's just really sad. And sometimes the parents are deported without the child. Yeah. And then it's like, now we have this child. Like, I I mean, it's it's horrific. It, it is. And it, and it, it just like, we, we, think, it, we think that we are like, Amer this America first tendency is so fucked up. And if we think, no one, unless you were 100% Native American, you are not originally from here. No. And all of us should be thankful that we were, a our ancestors were able to come at a time or our relatives or our father in this case, yeah. in Elisa's case, were able to come here during a time where we didn't have some fucking asshole. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's just I all mean, terrible. it's just, and it also, I mean, this problem, again, it it's goes back, back yeah. it goes back a long time, but obviously the Trump administration, the the inhumanity with which they treat people who are crossing the border illegally is, I mean, it is different. And, it is know, on another and level. And they're, they're deporting people who've been here for 20 years, who've yeah. had, who've created lives for themselves, who have jobs, who help our economy grow. And yeah. they have children and we're deporting these people. No, like, no, without like any morality. No, because, and it's, you know, I mean, it's steeped in racism. It's steeped yeah. in a desire to control the changing population so that Republicans can remain in power. Yeah. It's, uh, it's xenophobic. It's everything, you know? And, like, I do always look at Cubans as an example because it's, like, near and dear to my heart. But also, like, Cubans immigrated to the U.S. when we had this sort of, like, little blip where we hated communists more than we hated, like, people who speak Spanish. <laughs> so <laughs> they were welcomed in a way like Cuban exiles right after uh -huh. the revolution were able to, there was a policy called wet foot, dry foot where like if you made it to the United States, you could get your green card. We had a program set in place, this Pedro Pan program that was set up specifically to help these unaccompanied minors that were coming. And if you look at the Cuban population, a lot, there's like, I mean, they're, they're Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, but we have Cuban senators, we have Cuban doctors. Yeah. They were able to advance really, really quickly, I think, as like a migrant population because they were treated with a certain level of respect when they came here. Did they immediately become Republicans and vote for Trump? Yes, they did. <laughs> Do I understand why they did that? No, no. I don't. But, but, but like, mm. it is interesting to see, like, on kind of this smaller scale, what happens when you treat immigrants who are coming to your country with respect? I will also say that the majority of Cubans who are coming over were white Cubans, 
an upper middle class Cubans yeah. who migrated first. So there's also like an economic, like a mm-hmm. socioeconomic element yeah. there. I know, I know John Kelly made a statement saying that these people cannot assimilate well to the American culture because they don't have certain, because they come from poor places and they want a better life for themselves and their children. And I just feel like he just needs to stop putting his foot in his mouth and then maybe he'll be able to speak with some integrity. Also like, yes they do. Like literally, my dad always talks about it. When he came to the US, he spoke zero English. There was no such thing as English as a second language classes. They literally just put him in first grade and he was like, he figured it out. And by the end of the year, he was speaking English and he learned English by watching football and like watching TV shows and he figured it out. My grandpa owned a, like a grocery store in Cuba. He opened a bodega in the United States. My Tio Juan was a doctor in Cuba. He had to like retake all of his ex- exams, but he became a doctor in the United States. Like people do assimilate. Yeah, exactly. Did they still, I'm sorry that like they literally still speak Spanish. Yeah, that's the only downside. <laughs> yeah, like they didn't they unlearn say. Spanish. We're still eating a lot of pork. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> like we, I'm actually trying to learn Spanish right now. It's fun. Duolingo. Yeah, Duolingo is yeah. good. I I use it to like refresh because I I took Spanish like all through college and stuff just so that I could like maintain. I'm not fluent, but like I can hold conversations with my Spanish speaking relatives. Yo soy un hombre. You are. I know. I Mm -hmm. learned that yesterday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Es la verdad. Mm -hmm. Gracias. (laughs) Oh, you're doing the Spain Spanish. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, you got to do it. I have to do the Spanish accent. Yeah, you got to. So all of this is to say, you guys... We wanted to provide you with some clarifying information today mm-hmm. so that, you know, we're all being responsible with the news that we are sharing so that we're not the same as the other side. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that we aren't dealing with a dire situation where children are being put in danger by our government. Yeah. So it's like we gave you all the information and even with all the correct information, it, it's still really yeah. bad. And I mean, even the ones that those 1,475 children we were talking about earlier, it's still, we should still find out what's going on. Yeah. Like we should still <laughs> actually actively seek answers yeah. as to where they like, let's are. Just, let's not leave it there. Let's no. figure this out. It should be someone's responsibility. It should be our responsibility. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Brian, I think that that's beautiful. Oh, thank you. It's a moral responsibility. It's a moral responsibility. Should this bring us to one more thing? Yes, because it's really fun. (laughs) One more thing. Uh, God, you know, New York makes me proud every day. Uh, (laughs) But none so much as this video of the entirety of Yankee Stadium booing Rudy Rudy Giuliani Giuliani on his birthday yeah so he was like i'm gonna spend my 74th birthday at yankee stadium because i'm a new yorker and everyone loves me yeah and i'm america's mayor um, i was the 9-11 mayor yeah. like there should be if there's one place where it should be safe for my crazy <laughs> ass to go it should be yankee stadium but and so no and the announce so the announcer is going through like you know how they do like the random people birthdays like yeah. they like they send an email to someone yeah and he's like going there, and former mayor Rudy Giuliani and the whole stadium is like because when I first again my fake news dial has been turned up because of the missing children so I was like okay I'm gonna watch this video because maybe it was like a smattering of booze maybe it's just like someone sitting close to the cameras booing it is truly the entirety of Yankee Stadium booing merely the continued existence of Rudy Giuliani so Rudy Giuliani was 
the time person of the year in 2001. And he was considered a Republican presidential hopeful as recently as 2012. And then he went from all of that to being Trump's lawyer and saying those all those crazy things that we've talked about in other podcasts. Yeah. He also just like in general was like one of the most beloved people in yeah, New York. He changed the way New York operates. Yeah, he, he he did like he cleaned a it up and ton like of stuff yeah. as mayor in addition to being like kind of the symbol of the city after 9-11. Like, yeah. he really did do a lot of things and to hold he, the like, city together. did a lot of bipartisan work with Hillary Clinton, who was a senator at the time. Yeah. He, he doesn't remember that she was present, but he, yeah, but she, was, she there. was there. And it's just... So for him to fall from grace so hard is really remarkable. That is... I mean, and that, honestly, to me, is the beauty of New York. It's like, you do have to continually prove yourself to yeah. this city. <laughs> like, oh, okay, yeah, you held us together on... Oh, yeah, you held us together during 9-11, but what did you do today? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, literally, like, you can be on top one day, and then you walk kind of slow the next, and you're done in this town. It's just, like, like I was reading something else uh, recently. It's like, after Trump is president, which is... One, it will happen one day. Yeah. Yes, it'll happen one day. Where is he going to live? New York he, hates New him. New York hates him. He hates the protests. No one's going to let him live here without someone protesting outside of his apartment every, every day. day. I mean, he, and that's one of the things that I do feel like he knows that he's lost. Like he used to be kind of like a New York City like celebrity, socialite yeah, person. He would be at all the big events. You it, like you would see him and you'd be like, oh, there's that guy. I do think New York in general always thought he was kind of like silly. Yeah, but he had a lot of money. But he, he had a lot like, of money, and everyone was like, okay, whatever. Now, literally, there are like spray painted things on the street that say like uh, Trump es un pendejo, which is like he's an idiot. Yeah, like you see, you see anti-Trump stuff all over the city. They he's hated in his hometown. He's homeboy is from Queens. I know. Like he can't go back to Queens. No, 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 no. <laughs> I has an apartment like, in where, Astoria. I guess he'll just stay at like Mar-a-Lago all the time. Like I have He's no going to have to go. Yeah. I feel like he's going to have to go to Florida. Yeah. He can't he, come back to New York. No, he can't be in New York. And like none of them can come back to New York. Like no. the Kush, like Jared Kushner can't Ivanka. Like they're no. all screwed. They have like, to do this thing that they've done, they have sacrificed the lo- the life that I think they actually wanted. Yeah, I don't think no, they they don't want this life that they have. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I think all of them wish like like Jared and Ivanka could not get booked on Gossip Girl yeah. anymore. Oh, like, yeah, no, that no, is no. not going to happen. And for you them. see, like how Ivanka tweeted that picture of her holding uh, her kid on Sunday. Yes. So I guess another one more thing <laughs> before we end is that yeah. Ivanka, in the midst of all this, where the children stuff, like where the children is trending. There's a lot of light being shown on this new policy about separating parents at the border, etc. Ivanka posts this picture of her like on her son. Yeah, she's like, and, and it's her holding her son, and like literally the national conversation is about how children on, like are being torn from their mother's yeah. arms, so- and it's like so insensitive. Like she should have, like, yes, as a mother and as a human being, she should have the right. To have children. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, to, and to, love them, to love them and to post pictures of them. And to post pictures of them. However, she's not only the daughter of President Trump. She is an advisor to the White House. Yeah, you, she's obviously involved in what's happening in the and day-to-day. So she it can be held to a certain level of accountability that most um, first children don't 
need to be held to. Exactly. Like Malia Obama was not involved in the administration. Chelsea Clinton was not. I mean, she's a political person now, so it's a little bit different. But like to talk about her now. But when she was first daughter, she was just like a teenage girl. Ivanka has actively inserted herself into political discussions. She's profited. Yes. Uh, immensely yes. with Chinese trademarks from her yes. father's People position. stay at their hotels. People buy her products because of this. When I don't know if y'all remember, remember Nordstrom dropped her stuff mm-hmm. and then President Trump tweeted that don't shop at Nordstrom or something yeah. because it's like, no, that's like effed up. Like Yeah. That. I just like what where is when is when is these conflicts of interest gonna come up and bite them in the ass? Like well, I it don't is know. Like well also I've I've been seeing a news story that came out that's basically like President Trump was tweeting last week about this Chinese company ZTE mm-hmm. and how we're gonna help them, and then this week Ivanka gets a bunch of Chinese trademarks approved. Yeah. And it's like, hmm, why did he randomly tweet about this Chinese yeah. company? Maybe we should do another podcast episode of a deep dive of all the corruption and conflicts of it. Yeah. Because, because it's, it's a doozy. It's staggering. And they talk about it. They talk about this on pod save America all the time, but it's sort of like there are all these little stories that are hard to focus on that are a part of this big umbrella story of just general corruption that yeah. we're seeing and just like being bad at doing crimes. <laughs> Like, it's sort of like... If you're going to do crimes, you got to be good at it. I know. I just want to see... I I honestly, I just want to see them maybe get a little better at doing the crimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, it seems like they're getting actively worse. Yeah, And they're not learning and moving forward. I feel like DJ TJ, a.k.a. Donald Trump Jr., has started to learn a little bit because we don't see him very often anymore. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's like his fault. Has he like fallen from grace a little bit? Maybe. I don't know. I think that... He's in a lot of legal trouble. He's in a lot of legal trouble, and that even and that can actually make a dumb person be quiet. Yeah. Well, like <laughs> I, I remember, he like had he got rid of his Secret Service because Secret Service can testify against you. Oh. So he got he got rid of his. I didn't even know yeah, that. Yeah, because he's like I'm. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. No, that was a couple. That was more than one more thing. Yeah, that was more than one more thing. That was like two or three more things. Um, And if any of you guys have listened to this stuff and you're feeling helpless or like, what can I do? uh, The ACLU is currently suing the Trump administration about these issues. The ACLU is working on behalf of a lot of these Mm -hmm. migrant children and trying to combat some of these Trump administration policies. So if that is something that is important to you, you can always make a tax-deductible donation to the American Civil Liberties Union. Tax-deductible is... Very important. Too. Yeah, you can do it. You can do a one-time donation. Mm-hmm. You could do a recurring donation. They'll send you a sticker. You could give them one dollar a month. Yeah, and then at their year, that'd be twelve dollars. Yeah, that's math. Yeah, and that's just and that's just math. And that's just math. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's end it there. Okay, good. <laughs> um, guys, uh, until the end of democracy, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith, and this was the Betches Sup Podcast. Bye. Batches.